You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. I know, I know, I know. I went overboard last episode. I know I did. When I listened to it back, I thought to myself, yeah, I, I took it a little too far. But nonetheless, she kind of deserved it, okay? But let's get into some of these fights, right? First fight I'm going to talk about is Chocolate Tito, who I felt like I haven't seen in a very long time. It's been, it has to have been over a year since I've seen Chocolate Tito. But he came back and fought Israel Gonzalez, who's a very good young fighter. And when I say that Chocolate Tito is back, Chocolate Tito's back. He really is back. He was coming forward. He was landing strong punches. He was controlling the fight. He was controlling the pace of the fight. He was controlling the real estate of the ring. How the vintage Chocolate Tito used to do. And now he's back to that. Now it could be that. Oh, he, because uh, Gonzalez is 23 years old. He's a very young fighter. He's still is sort of peaking. So he don't know the the different um, tactics of, of winning and fighting in a high caliber fight. But none of that really matters because it's Chocolatito. Chocolatito, no matter what you try to do, Chocolatito, he's at that level where he can negate anything you try to do. And Gonzalez, he tried to do a lot of things. He really did. He tried to establish a jab. He tried to fight on the inside. He tried to fight on the outside. He tried to move around the ring, fight off his back foot, and nothing worked for him. Everything he tried doing... Chocolatito had an answer, and he just won the rounds, round by round by round. He just kept winning round after round after round. And Gonzalez, he had some success too. He was fair game. He came in. He he was he he came for a fight basically. He came for a fight, and that's where he got a fight. But the better man won. I can't be mad at it. The main event of that fight was. Uh, Francisco Estrada. Now let me look up real quick who he fought. Cause I uh Quadras, Quadros, Quadras, 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 Quadras. To the rematch. Both of these people lost to Chocolatito in the past, and both of them come together to duke it out to see. If Quadras could take the reign from Estrada, because Estrada, he's been on a hefty run the past few years. He's been fighting really good. He's been having some amazing fights. He's been having um, fight of the year candidates. And I believe he's in the top 10 pound for pound, according to ESPN. Uh, I believe he was like number eight or nine, might even be 10, but he made the list. And with this fight, the winner of this fight will have to see Chocolate Tito. But what happened in this fight? Okay, so coming into the first half of the fight, it's going really good, really exciting. It's a little bit back and forth, but then Quadros actually dropped Estrada. He actually dropped him because he was just a little bit quicker on his punch. And Estrada, he's no slouch. He's not slow. It's just in the first half of the fight, Quadros... He seemed to have the upper hand just slightly. Not saying that he was winning every single round, but when I'm watching the fight, it just looked like 
he was he was having a little bit more success, right? So the first half of the fight, I sort of scored it half and half, right? Sort of scored it half and half, but the second half of the fight is when I think Estrada he he turned it up. And if you watch Estrada fight before, you know when he turns it up, there's almost nothing most people could do about it unless you have the power and the size to really fight on the outside there's really nothing you can do about it and quadras a good fighter he did knock down estrada early on in his fight but it was more so like a flash knockdown you know that knockdown where the person didn't really see the punch come in they just uh, uh knees buckle a little bit that's the kind of knockdown it was. It wasn't nothing too, too special, nothing too devastating where Estrada is really hurt and fighting for his life. He wasn't no incapacitated or even buzzed from it. So second half of this fight, Quadras, he, he, he couldn't really negate Estrada coming forward and just throwing hook after hook, jab after jab, combination after combination. And Quadras, he couldn't even really counter. He tried it. But Estrada had pretty decent head movement. With his head movement and him throwing good, sharp combinations, it's nothing Quadras he could really do about that. And he tried. He was fair game. He tried. Uh, he got hurt a couple times until Estrada came through in round 11 and said it's time to get your ass out of there. And he dropped him two times. And then the ref said, I've seen enough. <laughs> Estrada, you've done enough, okay? You've done enough. No need to punish Quadras no more. No need to punish him, okay? He has to go home to his wife and kids. Look what you already did to his face. You don't want to do any more damage. You don't want him to go home looking like like the hunchback from Notre Dame, right? No need to batter his face any more than you have already done so. So I'm going to call the fight off. And that's what happened. It was a great fight, exciting fight. Um, but now, Chocolatito and Estrada, they have to duke it out one more time. Like I said before, Chocolatito did win um, their first bout, which I believe it was actually quite a long time ago. It might have been in 2013 it happened or 2012. It might have been in one of those two years. But Chocolatito won. But I think Estrada, he's gotten slightly better. He's gotten slightly better. And um, Chocolatito, he, like I said, Chocolatito's still really good. But he still did decline just a little bit. So maybe the gap is a little smaller in talent. Or maybe it's even even. Maybe it's even. Who knows? We just got to see until they fight each other. It's going to be a crazy one. I can't wait to see it. I know you want to see it, right? So let's get that fight going. 2021, first uh, first quarter of 2021, that fight has to happen. Now, there was also another card um, on, what, what was it on, Showtime? Was it Showtime? Yeah, Showtime, where Sergey Lipinets fought uh, a guy named Clayton who haven't really heard of him. But apparently, they say he's the best Canadian fighter of this generation. He's an Olympian. Uh, they said he fought Earl Spence in the amateurs, which he did lose. But, hey, they say he, 
he gave Earl Spence a pretty good fight. So he got to have some skill to him. But before I get into that fight, I got to talk about this one undercard. So the first undercard of that Showtime event that was held was Hawkins versus Matias. Mateos? Matias? Yo, I really be botching people's name up because I just don't know how to say this shit. I really don't. Matias, Mateus, however the fuck you say his name, right? I'm going to just call him Matt, right? <laughs> Hawkins versus Matt. Hawkins is uh, promoted by Floyd Mayweather. He was undefeated. Uh, I believe he... I might have seen his last fight, but they did a little recap on his last fight where he was losing every single round. Then he he came back with a, a impressive knockout. Okay, pretty good. Last belt, a little shaky. But this other guy, Matt, they say he's a knockout artist, right? Okay. So so the fight happens. I mean, the fight starts. Seems to be going pretty well for, for Hawkins at first in round one. He looks like he's establishing his jab a little bit. He obviously looks like he, he's the he's that technical counterpuncher, right? The technical counterpuncher. But then as the fight goes on, you start seeing that Matt, he he starts landing a little more. He starts like really stalking Hawkins. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, whoa, what what's going on? Like Hawkins, you you're trained by Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, who is the counterpunch king. Who is the king of technical fighting, fighting off the back foot, dipping and dodging everything, and just coming up, pop, and just hitting someone. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Floyd probably taught him how to do all these different maneuvers. He's from Baltimore, so he trains with Javante Davis. So he 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 must have sparred with a pretty good bunch of fighters. But training is different from actually doing. Because this guy, Matt, he just started laying on him. Laying everything. He was throwing everything in the kitchen sink. He was landing bomb after bomb. He was going to the head. Went to the body uh, a little bit. Not too, too much. He he should have went to the body a little bit more. But he had Hawkins hurt. And then some bullshit fucking happens. As always in boxing, some bullshit always fucking happens. You can't have a card in, unless some fucking bullshit happens. Where, uh, I believe, it was it after round seven or eight? They send Hawkins to the corner and say, hey, we're going to have a doctor look at your face because you looking disgusting right now. Look at your eyes. He got cuts and bruises. His eyes swollen, closed and everything. So they send him to the doctor and the doctor says... Oh no, this guy, he can't continue. Call the fight off. Like, what the the fuck you talking about? Call the fight off. I don't think I've ever seen a doctor call the fight off. They got to change that rule where doctors could call the fight off. Because, yes, his face was battered. Yes, he was losing the rounds. Yes, he was getting beat up. And he did get dropped. But it's not like he was... He was on super wobbly ledge. It's not like he he was on the verge of getting severely injured. And I'm no doctor and I'm not the ref, so maybe they saw signs that me watching on TV I didn't see. But he looked like he was walking just fine. He was hearing everything clear. It he looked besides his battered face, he looked 
pretty damn fine to me that he could at least finish that last couple rounds that it wasn't a fight. It wasn't much left in the fight. It was like two rounds or so left in the fight. He looked like he could have finished it, but the the doctor had to come and say, "Oh no, nah. oh no, nah. he he he's done for the night. Send his ass back to Baltimore." I'm like, fucking bullshit, man. I've never seen doctor stop the fight before. It's first time, and maybe it's for the best. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just being a fucking prick, right? And I want to see people. Like, really go out on their shield. I want to see people actually lose a fight because the ref intervenes you from getting knocked the fuck out in the ring. Or you actually, like, fight until your your last ounce of energy. But I, I don't want to see no doctor, like, in the corner looking at you. He's touching all over your face and everything. He, he, he He's touching your eye. He's touching that little bulge you have in your forehead from all the punches you've been taking. And then he says, nah, you had enough. I, I, I don't want to see that shit, man. But the fight, it was still a good fight, though. It's just my, I, I just get mad at uh, just a lot of stupid shit, right? It was still a good fight. Hawkins, he he did his best. He put up a, a good performance. I do see he has some skill and some talent. Uh, I think his downfall was his lack of punching. I think it was his lack of punching, um, his lack of footwork, and he never established a jab. Like, boxers really, a lot of these young boxers, they really, I don't know if they aren't taught this, or I don't know if it's a new mindset that some of these young boxers be having. But a lot of them, they do not know the importance of a fucking jab. Like, you can do so much with a jab. Like, do you know how you can literally control a fight with a jab? And I'm going to show you a perfect example in this fight with Sergey Lipinets versus Clayton. Yo, this guy Clayton, I've never heard of him. But his jab was impeccable. There were some rounds where he won the round by literally just jabbing. He would dodge a punch and counter punch with a jab. Like his jab was literally the most dangerous punch that he had in his arsenal. And he was catching Sergey a lot with it. And Sergey really had no answer. He really didn't. He had he couldn't do anything. He tried. Head movement, he tried backing up, he tried moving to the side, he tried everything, but he couldn't avoid that stiff and dangerous jab. And that jab to the body that Clayton was doing, I swear, that is probably one of the hardest jabs to the body I've seen in a long time. Really. And this guy Clayton, he said that he believes he has the best jab in the welterweight division. And I I don't know him that well, but... Hey, he he might be right. <laughs> he might be right. When I think of some some of the great welterweights that's out right now, like Terence Crawford, or Earl Spence, uh, even like a Ugas or Danny Garcia and Keith them and fighters of that caliber, they have really good jabs, but their jab is not their main weapon. Their jab is not their focal point of offense. For Clayton, his jab is his focal point of offense. So he works on it more than anything else. Well, I assume 
He works in it more than anything else. So that's why his jab is impressive. It's impeccable. And he used it so fantastic. He didn't get the win. The fight was through the draw because, which, uh, I'm a little flip-flop on it because um, there's some really close rounds where I could say that Sergey lost, that uh, I think the judges and even the unofficial score gave him. And there was also a couple rounds or one, maybe one round where they said that Clayton won, where I think he might have lost it. But Clayton, he looked more impressive, right? He looked more impressive, one, because I've seen Sergey fight before. Uh, he had a, a amazing fight with um, Lamont Peterson. His last fight was incredible. He had a really great fight against Mikey, um, Mikey Garcia, even though he lost. So we can see how dangerous of a fighter he is. We can see how great of a fighter he, he is. And to not to be disrespectful to Clayton, but I didn't know him. And he's never fought in America. He wasn't really even on the, the top contenders list radar. So he's, he was kind of a no-name. Then he comes, and he puts on this impressive performance. But I just thought that whatever fighter you put in, in front of Sergey, if he's not really good or well-known and elite, Sergey's going to knock him the fuck out. Not Clayton. He came through, like I said, used his jab impressively. He put on a great performance. And literally with this one fight, in my eyes, he made a name for himself. He made a name for himself. I would like to see Clayton in not some not super big fights, but you could put him in with some good opposition. You could have Clayton against a Jesse Vargas. You could have Clayton against um like a Virgil Ortiz. You could have Clayton against um like a Javon Ennis. Ennis Ennis? Javon Ennis. I probably fucked up his first name too, but you know who the fuck I'm talking about, man. All these complicated ass names. What the hell happened to people naming the kids something simple like Bob and Peter? What happened to those names, right? But I would like to see Clayton fight some better opposition because I think I think he really earned a spot as a high level contender, in my opinion. So that's all for the Flair Podcast. You were just listening to the Flurry Podcast hosted by Marquise Rawls. Stay tuned for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous episodes if you haven't done so.